0: Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yes! Go
1: Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Screaming live
2: from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliot, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by
1: Lord. Prescott it, and he bangs it into the touchdown.
0: And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle
2: Yeomans. It is a Talking Cowboys Tuesday here from the Star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody. It's another off-season edition as it is May 24th, 2022. (laughs) OTAs are officially underway, and we will break it down for you. We haven't gotten to see a whole lot. Well, we have heard some things, and we, Mm. of course, have news and notes. We're going to talk about some OTA stuff. We're going to take your questions from Twitter, by the way. You can go tweet at me, at Kyle underscore Yeomans. Get your questions out there. We'll answer those coming up in the second segment. As always, Chris Beam running the show in the back. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing? Doing good. Swell. Feel a little bit better now that football's kind of back in the air here? Oh, heck yeah. A little bit. Can't wait to hear some pads. You know, here in a little while, a couple months.
3: Pad, pads clicking, clicking, and pads clacking. popping. When Almost is, there. When does pads get
2: on? When do they get on?
3: Oh, a uh, few days into camp, mm-hmm. real training camp. Yeah, mm-hmm. so not just yet, but not just yet.
2: Got a little bit away. Not too far away. Under seven weeks. Is it really? Actually, I think it's six weeks from today. Stop I that! Believe. Yeah, is That's crazy. Is training camp? What? We're gonna we're gonna blink, is man. When they leave is. I think it's six weeks from today. I may be wrong. It's let me flying. let me double check. Bro, yeah. right. in my head it was like two and a half months away. No, yeah. no, it's not that far away. We got June, July. Oh, you crap. checked your inbox yet? Because it's probably got a couple know. of emails about it. it has training year. camp
4: dates. It has this and I'm, that. Yeah, I remember, I'm just a contract guy. Oh, stop. You me. know you what I'm saying? Just yeah. as important. You see as Did you, like, you, know, you see how they divided the room? Right. You know what I'm saying? heck it's all good. We were. <laughs> hey, we were all at
3: practice. We it's were, all good. We were. <laughs> we were all at rookie minicamp. We,
4: we all enjoyed t-shirt. rookie minicamp. Hey, camp. We'll I definitely was walking next to Rob P. I like wherever Rob P go, I'm going.
3: <laughs> <laughs> which, I'm gonna hold you inside which, your pocket. <laughs> who got drafted here? Who played here, and who's just a you know, just a guy? God, you nah, know man. what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. So mm. that's my
1: role. That's what I do. I, I connect myself. Mm. I carry something. Yeah. A microphone, camera, y'all need me to carry something. Absolutely. Dog? I'm on my way. Can I, can Absolutely. I, can I curl yeah, some for cords? Sure. I mean, that's what you gotta do You to do what you gotta do.
2: Yep. Gotta do what you gotta do. Unless you're Isaiah,
1: then you just. Nah, they up don't
2: know me around here. Well, they stop me for credentials really every corner weird. I go.
3: We did the math back <laughs> here. It's uh, nine weeks and three days. Hey. From now? Yes. Two and a half months. months. That's a to go I was almost right. Oh, like, that's, wow. that's when I start counting how many weekends I have left at home. Thanks, Chris. Now I know. Nine wow. nine weekends left. I don't know where I got that number then. Is
1: the an anxiety that I didn't need? <laughs> Did you just I was thinking like vacation Bro. days? Ah. Yeah that's what I
4: was saying in my head. I'm like two and a half months. And Kyle's
3: at six weeks. I'm like, I don't
2: know. Like, uh, I don't <laughs> know where I got that number. Maybe I'm seeing it. That means
3: uh that means this show's starting to wind down a little bit here. Yeah, it means we we've little got little. like four shows left and then it's one, two, three, cancun, <laughs> pretty much. You're taking us to Cancun? That's yeah, yeah thanks, Rob P. We can all can go. We're going to Rob P Island? Let's do that. Let's go! Yeah, Chris, you come too. All right, let's make it a five man (laughs) (laughs) trip. Let's go. Just charge it to the
2: car. Your green (laughs) hat. Your green hat. Let's let's go. 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 All right, Rob. What's been going on? News and notes around Cowboys Nation this past week. Didn't have you last week. Glad you're back. And uh, anything
3: specific going on? OTA's getting underway. We just we just mentioned that. So no pads, but. Finally, some some eleven on eleven we'll get to see over the next few weeks, and I think they're only having eight of these instead of nine. I think Mike McCarthy prefers to after Memorial Day weekend just have two that week, then three, and then mini camp, and then it's time to break break camp, get ready for Oxenard. So we'll see a little bit of of uh, a continuation of what we saw in rookie camp. We'll see how the rookies adjust to the veterans, and it'll be nice to see Dak Prescott. I assume. Doing all the things. Like last year he was uh, – anytime there was a pass rush, they had him in bubble wrap So coming off the injury. So um, it's interesting how, like, as we dive into this, it's it shifted a little bit. Like last year was a, uh, this blank slate for the defense. We had no idea really what to expect with Dan Quinn coming in. Now we have a picture of it, and it's, it's flipped. Like offensively, there's a lot for them to, to kind of figure out. And, and change the dynamics around Dak Prescott this year. So that's something to watch for as we get going here. It's kind of been those dynamics
2: that have been shifting through the draft process, through the guys that they brought in this offseason, and I, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of eyes on guys like Dante Fowler Jr., James Washington. Because of really the lack of additions from a free agent standpoint, there's a lot of pressure on those guys to come in and perform, but – Hecma, when you're looking at the specifics of, of OTAs, you're not going to get to see a ton of these, uh, these guys really at their full potential. But who do you expect? To, to kind of fill that role early and maybe shine at the early parts of these practices?
1: Well, I think all of the veterans should shine uh, because they've been here. They know the routine for the rookies. They're going to be like a fish out of water just trying to figure out the pace of the NFL. So uh, when you mention a name like Dante Fowler, these are guys that, you know, coming into camp or, or coming into this season that, you know, these were not the moves, obviously, that you were expecting. Uh, The front office is not going to make any hasty decisions. So I think for the veterans that are on this, on this roster, uh, seeing the guys like Dante Fowler, seeing Malik Hooker uh, in his second season with the Dallas Cowboys and in this defense, what uh, he's going to be able to do just getting acclimated uh, to this defense, uh, so to speak. So you know, there's so many. There are so many guys on uh, this roster after this off season that have to answer some big time questions as far as their productivity. And those are the. I mean, camp isn't going to answer that. Only real game is going to answer some of these questions that we have about this team.
4: Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be, like, big shining, any shining moments um, yeah. in OTAs, shiny. but one oh. shining. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> going back That's to arch. I don't know how to do God, it. I love that. Oh, you man. started starting
4: to turn into me, heck. <laughs> yeah. You see that right there? <laughs> Ripping <all>. uh, off. <laughs> was like, damn it. No, not I'm too, like, Isaiah. Not, please don't. No, <laughs> uh, no I, I don't know about shining moments, but I, I do... I'm looking forward to seeing if Dak and James Washington can get some chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a very important element going into this season. That those guys get in sync early, um, and then that, and then that can carry on and well into camp and obviously transition to the season. But I think that's going to be a very he's going to be a key ingredient to this offense's ability to move the ball this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing Dak healthy early, and then him working with James Washington, him adapting to this particular offense, and his finding his
2: role. Yeah, because you, you lose Cedric Wilson in that wide receiver room, and that's kind of the guy you want James Washington to become. Mm-hmm. Special teams impact, you want him to be that fourth receiver, maybe even better than that, mm-hmm. and kind of be that reliable target from a receiving standpoint that's on the same page as Dak Prescott. If you go on DallasCowboys.com, over the last couple of weeks, Rob, Nick, uh, Dave have all been putting together this this problem spots Uh, series. It's actually really cool. You go in and it has specific spots that going into the offseason were quote-unquote problem spots and what they've done to either fill that or what they expect to do in order to fill that when the season comes around. I want to kind of talk about a couple of those problem spots and Rob I'll let you start since you were part of that series. Uh, Which one do you feel like was the biggest problem spot and what
3: have the Cowboys done to address that that to this point? That's a great question. We've got We've got six of these, I think, and we're wrapping it up today with with slot receivers. So pay attention to dallascowboys.com for that. Um, So we've got punt and kick returner. We've got swing tackle, center depth, slot receiver, kicker, and linebacker depth. Mm. That's a great question. I I would say, man, I, I might go with swing tackle, honestly. Okay. Um, just because it's a backup position, but history says that's a starting position for at least three games because Tyron Smith is not – he's great when he plays. I mean, he, was a, he played at a Pro Bowl level. The metrics showed that. But, I mean, he hadn't played a full season since 2015. So they have to be prepared to have a starting caliber guy at that, that position, at a major key position, protecting Dak Prescott's blind side. So I don't know if – I think they're, they're happy with what they have in place there but I don't know if they know who's going to fill that spot yet because they have three young tackles who have not played a preseason game, much less a regular season <laughs> game yet. Makes sense. And typically that's been a role where they go and they sign a vet to fill mm-hmm. that spot or at least compete for that spot. It's Thanks. been Ty and Secchi. It's been Cameron Irving, Cameron Fleming. And now it is Matt go in the fourth round, Josh Ball in the fourth round last year. Tyler Smith is a left side player right now. Although we feel, I think we all feel like he's, you know,
1: a strong candidate,
3: likely the starter at left guard if he doesn't lose that
1: opportunity. I almost broke out into a cold sweat, recognizing that, realizing that we don't even have a kicker. Uh, well, I, I, I looked at that <laughs> one and was like, well, yeah, that, we don't have a clue with that one either. Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah, we don't. And the kicker that we have is undrafted, unproven. So that Jonathan it, that gives you a little bit of of pause. Um, but when you when you put the uh, quote out, I mean the tweet out to all of us about what the rundown was going to be, you know obviously you go through all of this from dallascowboys.com and looking through what we have, and I felt like it was the edge rusher position. Um, when Randy Gregory signed with the Broncos, it was apparent that Cowboy Nation felt as though there was a hole in this defense that wasn't we were not that's well, the front office hadn't made the steps to try and fill that role. And you had enough names in free agency that came through that Stephen Jones was just staying put. He wasn't signing anybody. It didn't matter if it was an aging guy or free agent, whatever. And so you saw the philosophy of what this uh, front office was going to have going into the season. And I thought that it really – I think the – what I'm trying to say is that the, the draft really kind of, they played their hand with the draft. With every pick, they, it was overanalyzed, scrutinized, and they added the depth that they needed uh, to this team. But I really believe they're bringing on Sam Williams uh, and already a crowded defensive front uh, room bringing him on I think to me really kind of plug that hole from what you were looking for for Randy Gregory because this guy 64 265 pounds runs a 44 uh, is quick twitch and he comes into an edge rusher room where the expectations is not all that high for him all he has to do is be a hired gun and so I believe that his production and what we potentially can get from him is is one of the things that you got to be you got to look at Sam Williams and say look potentially you have definitely you know closed that game. Yeah,
2: Which player has more pressure on them to perform this year? And I I feel like I know the answer to this question, but Sam Williams or Dante Fowler Jr.? Which one has more pressure to produce more here in 2022 specifically uh, out of that edge rusher spot to fill that Randy Gregory role?
1: I mean – Sam Williams, because of where he was taken in the draft, uh, that's going to put all the pressure on him. But I believe equally, uh, Dante Fowler, and and you can even say neither. You could say neither because of the way that the rotation is going to go. I mean, work
2: together as a team. Absolutely, and it it
1: it went that way all season long. If you go over the Dallas Cowboys defense and the way that Dan Quinn implemented a lot of these guys, it was completely by committee. Committee. It was the only guy that literally got all the burn was our safety and Micah. That was it, Curse and Micah. curse and Micah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's it. And so everybody else was 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 rotating in and out. And I just yeah. feel like again, even with Dante Fowler, and I said it when we brought him up, when we signed him that hey, he's gonna it's gonna be an uphill battle for him to even make the team. Look, obviously Dan Quinn and everything that I've heard in interviews with him, he is he's really high up on on Dante Fowler. And if Dante Fowler can't produce anything for the Cowboys, that is a win-win situation. But you may potentially end up cutting some really good guys at the end of this yeah. when you get past camp.
4: Linebackers, still worried about it. Still worried about it. I obviously, like the prospect that they drafted, I, I, you know, I had opportunity to go out there and see him, see his size and DeMont all Clark. that. Yeah, Damon Clark and see exactly how um, – You know how engaged he was in terms of the walkthroughs and practice, but he's not. He's we don't have access to him. Right, it's not healthy. Yeah, he's not healthy. So we drafted somebody who's a future project that we can't get our hands on now. So you're still in the same position you were in before the draft, Mm -hmm. and and and, and in terms of impact this year. So I'm still worried about that position because it takes. Lo and behold, if something ever happened to Micah. You're thin. You're Then you're relying on Vander Esch, who you weren't high on. Obviously, you brought him back out of necessity. And then you got Jabril Cox, who's coming off of ACL. That's what you're relying on Yeah, at the linebacker position.
3: Or, Vander, or flip it around and say Vander Esch, who, who had a healthy season last year, but has battled injuries He's had much ma- of his career. First season he yeah. ever got
1: – beginning yeah. to end uh, through. But I, I agree. Uh, but I also would like to, to, to include in that how many linebackers did they use last year? Understood. I understand uh, that. A it lot was of time
2: a, is two linebackers. Two? In a a,
1: yeah. and, so, and I think that's maybe why they're keeping it so <laughs> thin. But as we sit here right now, I think that's the biggest – if you recognize that as a whole, mm-hmm. they damn sure recognize that mm-hmm. as a whole. And they're going to make a move in between now and the beginning of camp yeah. to bring in a veteran linebacker. I, feel,
4: I, feel like, I think yeah. they have to because even – even rolling with two linebackers, we're not too deep. Yeah. Like, real
1: talk.
3: Yeah, I mean, and as we're talking about OTAs getting started, Jabril Cox is a guy that I would not expect to be out there. No. I mean, he's going to – you know, they think he'll be ready for week one, but they're going to bring him along, mm-hmm. and so – yeah, numbers-wise, that's a spot to watch as the offseason goes on. They try to upgrade or you know, at least add some depth. It really reminds me of the safety position
2: last year at this time yeah. because you were looking at the safety position. It was like, okay, you added this Pex, guy, Curse. Like you you have Don, or Donovan Wilson, who was coming off of a, a good back half of the yeah. year where he was forcing turnovers, but even he wasn't necessarily 100% healthy, nor was he really a part of the offseason program mm-hmm. at the time. You felt really thin at safety. When you got through the draft, you are like, okay, where are we going? What's happening here? You signed Keona Neal. You you got some bodies in the room, but then later, even when you got to training camp, you got on the phone and Malik Hooker was on his way to Oxnard. And he showed up a couple days after the practices had started. I feel like you're going to see something similar here with the linebacker position. Because I agree with you both completely. It is very, very thin. And if you don't go and get somebody, maybe a veteran, maybe just somebody who's kind of an in-betweener, in between a contract, maybe he Mm. needs a one-year deal to prove himself, somebody like that like a Jaren curse potentially comes yeah. in and and plays that linebacker role that's something interesting think to to think about as well.
3: It's very different from last year when we were talking about this position like where's everybody going to play? Like yeah. how how much can Jalen Smith possibly play in this group with you know it's just not nearly as deep as it was last year. We're pretty right asking that question, huh? We were right <laughs> and I don't know what week it was but yeah. that was it for him yeah. middle of the season, man.
2: Crazy. Um One other problem spot that I do want to hit on, and and you guys wrote the article of finding competition for Tyler Biotish at the center spot. Mm. And Last year, it was Tyler Biotish, and that was it in terms of the center. You, You were talking about Connor Williams maybe sliding over, playing as the backup. That never came to fruition, thank goodness. Matt Farniok is maybe that backup center. They go out and they add two guys, Alec Lindstrom out of Boston College, James Impey out of BYU. Both solid collegiate players, both very experienced, had plenty of production in college, but they were both undrafted guys for a reason. Do you expect there to be any competition for Tyler Biotich? Because across the board, if Tyler Smith wins that left guard spot, I think you could maybe look at Biotich as the weak link of the offensive line moving into the next couple of years. I don't
4: don't know. I don't know those other two gentlemen well enough to speak on them Mm -hmm. yet. Um, But I think I'm an advocate that every position should have competition. Every single position. I don't care who's at quarterback. I don't care who's at running back, receiver, whatever. You can go all the way down the line, the whole roster. I think everybody needs somebody to push them. Because the moment that you get comfortable, you become complacent. When you become complacent, you lose your drive. When you lose your drive, well... Yeah. you don't win ball games. So I think that I hope that they have a plan to have somebody pushing him at that position even if he is the guy, which we all assume that he is the guy. Right now, yeah. They need somebody to be, "Hey, go ahead and go ahead and snap one over his head if you want to." <laughs> you know what I mean? You you need you need that. He, every player needs that. And that's that's the NFL. And if and, and if you lose that competitiveness, that's the thing that makes everybody who plays in this league different. Because you're you're one play away from getting fired. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and that's that's what keeps you on your toes. That's one of the things that keeps you in your doggone, you know, in your in your playbook and, and watching film and all that jazz. Because if you slip up a couple times, there's somebody else right there willing to take your spot.
1: I agree. If he doesn't have a healthy fear of being replaced, then something's wrong with yeah. him. I mean, his his chair should be hot right now. There's so many people that have been talking about him uh, from last season, him being tied to Connor Williams. Uh, no one was impressed with no. what Tyler Biotis did. And, and I think a lot of times you felt, especially those games where he went up against those big one techs that just kind of drove him back. And you're looking at 63, saying, "Hey, dog, you, you got to do something about that." Uh,
4: like week, like week one coming up.
1: Yeah, you got a, you got a lot of you got a lot of matchups. But that's the thing. That's the thing in the NFL. All of these guys, each and every week, are going to go against a bull at mm-hmm. the one, and guys that are shading at three. Uh, but Tyler Biotis, for me, I just feel as though. If you're Coach Phil, Philbin, you're like, look, this is your job to lose. Yeah. And if you play yourself out of this role, then it's all on you. Giving him the opportunities right now. He's over there practicing, letting him know, like, you have to be the brains of this. And I think when he replaced – when you're trying to replace a guy, or walk in the shadows of a Travis Frederick, who was a cerebral maniac when it came down to calling the offensive, calling the protections, all of those things. Mm-hmm. How far is he – Progressed in his football IQ is what I'm thinking about, you know, because that's he has to be that guy up front. And so, look, the added pressure is there, but also the pressure at just making sure that you have your mind wrapped around what this, what the uh, what they're doing up front. That's it.
3: That's like 90 percent of the position. Right. I mean, there there is the physical part, but it's that, too. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you guys. I mean, I think. They feel like if, if they've got left guard locked down with more, some more strength, some more power, I think he's a better player. That's yep. the way they look at it. And I think if they had felt like they were pressed at a bunch of competition, they would have drafted somebody yep. or brought in somebody. And Matt Farniak, I know they've, they've talked about him a lot. You know, they've kind of dropped his name like, oh, he's in heres all, he's at all the time. <laughs> he doesn't leave. But he's played right? one game in college at center. You know, so there's not a lot of experience behind Tyler Biotish uh, and, and, who cares about that. Well, I mean look and they did they did sign a couple guys after the draft, <laughs> as you mentioned, Kyle, but Lindstrom, smaller player? Uh MP is pretty small too. Yeah, they're both yeah. actually under I mean, three hundred pounds. Probably so. why you're not getting drafted. But yeah. like that's that was part of the discussion after the draft when they were asked by Nick, I think, what you know, you kind of passed on the best center in the draft. And you know, maybe they looked at um Linderbaum and said maybe he's not the right size to play that position in sure. our scheme. So, yeah, I just I don't know you know where the competition necessarily comes from for Tyler Biotis right now. Although last year I think they were looking at Connor Williams. Now it was odd that they waited till camp to do it. Yeah, but I think they were kind of looking at a best five type thing. Like if he could handle it, they liked McGovern. At left guard, potentially, and maybe if he could handle that center thing, that could have been a competition in the middle of camp and it just didn't pan out. kind of felt like manufactured
2: competition all the way through instead of that natural competition Mm -hmm. of guys that played center specifically. Seeing it in hindsight, at the time you were thinking best five, you were thinking that it was going to be something there with Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, maybe both those guys split the the playing time if Tyler Biotish were to not be the guy at center. But I don't even think then we were talking about Connor Williams being the starting center. So since uh... Joe Looney was on the roster, Tyler Biotish has been unchallenged to this point.
3: More or less. More or less. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All
2: right, let's take our first break. When we come back, who is the best cook in the kitchen in terms of this coaching staff? Who's going to max the players' position, talent, and perform the best Each and every week, whenever we we come back, we answer that question with more Talking Cowboys.
0: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor.
3: Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites, for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/slash/Cowboys and use the code word Team
0: JB. That's getjackblack.com/slash/Cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks, free shipping. At AT and T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why?
2: Work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com.
1: Back to Talking Cowboys.
2: Cowboys Nation, the ninth annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco June 7th at 6.30pm Come see your favorite Cowboys players. Swing for the fences and raise money for the Salvation Army. Free admission to all and we will see you there. Go online, visit DallasCowboys.com slash fans slash Reliant slash 2022 slash home dash run dash Derby to learn more. You can replay that if you need the full link. It's it's all there. So. It's a long one. Isaiah is already practicing. Well, we've got we've got a home
3: run derby vet over here, right? I've been yeah, out of the ballpark. I got yeah, to get I got to the cages this week. Uh, I'll go with yeah, you. That softball well, game coming up. That, I'm glad you said that because there's a media section to this, right? Too. Yep. Huh? And, and you are going to be part of it. I'm really? trying. Wait a minute. Yeah, cool. It's not official. I'm trying to get
2: in it. Kyle, you're in a home run derby. I'm trying. Let's freaking go. It made It's not. It doesn't look good right now. It hey, doesn't look hey, good hey, good hey. Here you go. I need a one shot. I need a one shot. listen here. Hey.
4: I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. We need <laughs> KY. There it is. No jelly. We need KY in the home run derby. He's going to hold it down for the whole talking
2: Cowboys crew. If he don't get in there, we're throwing stuff around. Throwing stuff around, like the microphones in the studio. Chris Beam's going to be really upset. But there was a tense moment in one of our department
3: <laughs> <laughs> meetings a couple weeks ago where I he, got challenged. He said he wanted to play, and and, and Nick, Nick was like, you, Nick you, kind of you, scoffed at yeah, me. Yeah, Nick was like, okay, yeah. And you like wow. I think you stood up you and you're like, about? what yeah, I play. I'll okay, like, I'll go come to the cages a baseball right player. Let's yeah. go. I would love
2: the opportunity to play. I've got charities thought of and everything. Yeah. Like I would love the opportunity to swing the bat. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Either way, I'll though, be your substitute. Either way. I don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I will be hosting the event. Nice. So I'll be down on the field emceeing yeah. the event. So come out. It's free admission. Yeah. It's always a ton of fun. You get to see the players up close. Jeez. Everybody's just loose There's and relaxed. Uh, I don't think he's going to swing. Usually we don't get votes. That's what I was told. And they're they're trying to finagle one. I'm bringing you guys
4: tickets next week for the women I'm in. Oh, nice. Yeah,
2: what's up? Sounds good. But, yeah, fun stuff with the Reliant Home Run (laughs) Derby. Let's take some questions from Twitter, by the way. We've got some good ones. And I I teased this going into the break. Uh, Our friend Ty asked, What position coach, but you can't name a coordinator. Mm. So no Dan Quinn in this conversation. uh, What position coach is the best cook in the kitchen, meaning which position coach will max perform the talent that he has been added to the team or that has been added to his team, to his position group. Out of the guys on the list, Rob, do you have one in mind? How
3: about Lunda Wells? Yeah, uh, you, steal it? It's a yeah. good one. Go thief. ahead. You're a thief. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> You're a thief. How dare you? Um, Dalton Schultz, yeah. last two years with Lunda here. Playing at a Pro Bowl level, putting up Pro Bowl caliber production, and getting a one-year bag. We'll see if he gets a multi-year bag, mm-hmm. but I think that's a credit to coaching. And now you draft Jake Ferguson in the fourth round, and that's you know that's going to be a key component to try to add to this blocking. And I think I think they've got a guy in Linda Wells who can who can bring that out of him. Okay, why do you agree? Because I mean, from that standpoint, I mean, Dalton Schultz is not the most.
4: Physically gifted individual that we've ever seen in this league, but yet he's been productive for this particular organization. They uh, productive enough for them to franchise him. So, you look at that development with uh, with the skill set that he has, and it doesn't just show up. You know, Uh, that's a lot of lot of credit, obviously, to Dalton and the work that he's put in on and off the field. But there's a guy who coaches him every single day, and they don't get enough recognition. And I think that Lindas done a heck of a job. and I've seen him since my time with with the Giants. You know, you know I, him personally. I know him yeah. personally, but the development that he's put into himself – um, you know, into getting himself in shape and and mentally overhauling himself and getting himself changing over from the offensive line side and over to the or to the tight end side. He's done a heck of a job within himself in terms of coaching him. And now he's coming; he's helping out these guys at the, in the tight end room and it's showing up every week. And everybody's like, "Oh man, Dalton just came up and had a heck of a year." <laughs> it doesn't just work like that. Players yeah. don't just show up and just start playing well. There's a lot of work that goes on the back end. And hats off to him.
1: You know, I can't pick a coordinator, so I'm going to go with Al Harris on defense. Ooh. That's who I was going to say yeah. too. So we got Al Harris, Kay. and for me, I think Al Harris and his influence on these defensive backs. Um, you see the, the the jump that Trayvon Diggs has made, and in, in his progression, and even progression even uh, Brown. Uh, and in his second season under uh, with with Al Harris, I think it's it's really something to see how good coaching can change yeah. players and Lewis uh, guys like that. You just there's there was a little bit of a spark to that DB room and that DB group, um, and, and just as as the season got rolling and the turnovers started to come in, you start to see the camaraderie amongst that group, and I think we started to see that in OTAs. It, like we see it on the field. But we see the way these guys operate out here in, in OTAs, and, and Al Harris, man, he has his pants pulled all the way up. He's got tape on. I mean, yeah, he can still go. Get, yeah, get that man a helmet. You know, he can still get out there and do it. But I, I just love the the tight knit group that yeah. we have with the DBs. But I just Al, Al Harris is one of those coaches that I, I see him being a chef in the kitchen. Also, and I yeah.
3: want to say what somebody it might have been Trayvon said last year. I mean, there's probably some extra weight that's carried with his message because he's. Playing and done it at a high level. At a high level, at a Super Bowl level. Yeah. Like that that carries weight with players for sure. Yes. And
2: one of the Especially images that, that comes to mind with that is Trayvon during training camp in twenty twenty, when we were out here and we were socially distant and we were watching from over the top every single rep. Trayvon went straight back to Al Harris. There was that conversation back and forth, and you saw the jump. I mean, Heckma mentioned it a moment ago that yeah, Trayvon Diggs had a jump, but the whole cornerback room had a jump from last year because we went in, we went into the draft last year thinking cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. You didn't add anything specific, but you saw jumps from Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, the the addition of of Kelvin jo- Joseph. But that was really non-existent in his rookie season. Yet cornerback wasn't a top need. Into this draft this year, and that to me yeah, shows coaching is paying off. And you can't necessarily mention Al Harris without also mentioning Joe Wed Jr. and the way that he's kind of played an impact as yeah. the defensive passing game coordinator, as a secondary coach, and somebody that kind of George goes back and forth. You think about that's, the... a,
3: that's another good one, right? There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, that, talk about a player that's just like constantly attached. I mean, Micah they have a great relationship with George so, Edwards. Yes, yeah. yeah. So
2: I think all three of those guys combining, and that's a big reason why Jaron Curse was successful, was because of what Joe Wett Jr., George Edwards, were able to do, and then, of course, Micah being what he was. So, yeah, I I think those are are, uh, some good names. I hope fans understand the impact that coaches have on players.
4: How big is it? It's it's major. You take somebody... There's 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 coaches and then there's there's a system, right? So the coaches have to understand the players and their their gifts and talents well enough to put them in a position to be successful. But then there's the, also the development portion of it. So you take a player outside of his organization, like Cordell Patterson, right? Good player, talented, return man, cool. All of a sudden, he goes to a new organization with some coaches that understand how to utilize his talent and develop it and give him the confidence, all of a sudden you have somebody believing in you and showing you some tips of the the, the trade, and you start balling, right? Same thing with what you guys just mentioned, Trayvon. Talented, young talent, all right, future is going to be high on him. But no, let's get him with a cat that has done this at the highest level. Um, And by the way, he still could pull them doggone sweats up and get out there and put hands on somebody if he wanted to. If he wanted to line up on CD right now, he could. Right, you know what I'm saying. He just, he just, he could. He, he's that guy. He's that. I, listen here, he gonna, he gonna get some Honda. He gonna pull out some vet moves on him. Okay, he gonna get hit in the chest three times That Uncle Strength, right? Okay, now he might once they start running, it might be a different story. But he has the tricks and and all those and all those little crafty things that he can pass along to those guys that you just can't no disrespect to other coaches that you just can't get from other coaches now through experience and all that jazz they're going to have that in their bag from people that they've worked with but when you're a player that has competed at that level and balled out and been all pro and Super Bowls and all that jazz and then you turn around and coach to your point there's such a high regard for you as, as that as that player and person that they're going to look up to like
3: what, that's what Jay kids doing for the Mavs Absolutely. I have to drop in my Mavs
1: reference real quick I, think, a, I mean he's done a hell of a job I mean, it's the last, and, it,
3: and the season ain't over tonight last, I, that's my be- last day of the year to,
2: no, to it's that one in, no it's not um, no
1: it's not no I just want to piggyback <laughs> off of that because it, it's so much of that that's so true and not only in a football sense but in a Person of business sense. Yes. You, you know, not being able to ma- manage the talent that you have. And that's why the great CEOs or executives are who they are because they know how to delegate and, and make, maximize the talent that they yeah. have. I think we came off of a season with Coach Nolan where we saw guys running all over the place. And we have to give Coach Nolan a, a lot of grace because of COVID and all of that. But I just see players not being used the way that they should have been. And now with Dan Quinn stepping in, you see a guy that. Recognizes Micah Parsons, and I don't believe it was until he chased down Justin Herbert that the light came on. He was like, "Wait a minute, I'm not using this, this right. <laughs> I need to, you know." And so, it's not until you see that that car get drove the way it's supposed to that you know how mm. to manage it. And so, but I, I absolutely agree yeah. with the difference that coaches make.
2: And this provides a great segue into Alfred's question. He wants us to talk about the offensive line coaches mm. because their ability to develop young talent is going to be on display. Very quickly, and we talked about the swing tackle position with Josh Ball, Matt Wiletsko, then in the interior of the offensive line with t- guys like Tyler Smith and Matt Farnioff, guys that have been drafted or signed in each of the last two years are going to have to make an impact early. So how much confidence do you have, Rob, that Joe Philbin, even though he's been in the league for 17 years, he's done good things, he's also had some lows at the same time, yeah. but then you've also got Jeff Blasco kind of tag-teaming it. What is your confidence level like in the offensive coaching staff, offensive line coaching staff? staff.
3: Yeah, I think it's there. I mean, I, I think you said it with his experience. I mean, he's been a head coach. He's he's worked and, and I think, you know, there were there were some issues last year with the offensive line, no doubt. But I think I, I think you saw guys grow too over the last two years overall with Joe Philbin here. Um, and Terrence Steele's the best example. I mean a guy that's undrafted and is at a point now where they're like, we can let Lyle Collins go and he can step in and play that position. I do I to your point though that might be the most important coaching job on staff, yep. like going forward. Him, if if him for, being offensive coordinator, yeah. Well, other, well I guess yeah, you're other not talking other about than coordinators, coordinator. like and of course, Mike, but like just alone, just Tyler Smith, can he jump in right away as a first round pick and help you immediately? Like that development, because he's young, too. You know, the if there's a knock on him coming out, is that he is kind of raw uh, from a talent perspective. So that alone might be the biggest coaching job going forward. Just kind of like Micah was last year, developing Micah's skills and finding a role for him.
4: Philbin has done an absolutely amazing job since walking in the building here. And you think about the amount of players that he's utilized.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, the number of lineups they <laughs> The had? number of lineups yeah, that he's like, had over
4: the past two seasons. This dude has, I mean, he's done a, a miraculous job. You, and they,
2: you're not on an island in this. There are people yeah. that think he's done a great job, and I think that the staff across the way thinks he's had a, uh, done a great job. But there's a good contingency of people that don't feel that way, that feel like and he's been a letdown. And
4: I understand why they feel that way. You Understand... There's two aspects to the office alignment. Office alignment have to keep your quarterback upright and give him opportunity to throw the ball, and then the office alignment have to be dog on you know gorilla zo's and get some guys out the dog on mud and drive them off the ball
2: and not be penalized
4: and not be penalized. But that's so much of that. There's technique that's involved in both but one particularly has a different mindset and that's running that's running game right run blocking is different you that takes a different mindset to get underneath somebody who's 300 plus pounds call it 290 to 330 pounds and drive them off the ball technique alone is not going to get that done it, it, you have to have a dog out there so I don't know if they've had those dogs out there recently, which is why I think they made the pick that they made this year in the draft. Yeah. Even though he's raw and he still has some things that he needs to sure up, there's no question mark about his about, about the dog mentality. He's he's a, he's, a, he's a draw. He's a dog in there. And that's what they need. They needed somebody with some attitude who's going to be out there to be able to go out there and deliver it. Now take some of that coaching – Take that technique, apply it to that 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 doggone you know tenacity that you have, and move some of these guys out the doggone paint because that's what this offensive line needs right now. They need some grit. So, Philbin, yes, I understand you got to get the running game going, but that's not all on him. Passing game is a little bit easier to coach up. A little bit easier to coach up. Getting guys moving off the ball a lot different.
1: No, you know, you talk about the island that Isaiah's on uh giving Phil been praise. There's so many people that just thought he did a, a horrible job and we're calling for his job really, uh, in a lot of ways. And and but I'm I'm on I'm on your side on, on this because Here's what I know about football, and if you look at any program worth its salt, you go into the offensive line room, tell me who the offensive line coach is, and I'll tell you the success you're having as a program. Because if you don't have an offensive line coach worth worth its salt, mm-hmm. they don't have nothing. Yep. And any you look at the, the pay rate of offensive line coaches, they try and pay, overpay, and keep. And we've had some great – offensive line coaches here that have gotten things going, and yeah. Philbin is wanting to be in that list of it. I, I have to allow the grace for Philbin as well because of the injuries that he had to deal with, uh, Leo Collins last season coming in, and, and obviously you know the, the labrum, um, and just the musical chairs of the offensive line, and Tyron Smith also going on, uh, going down. But I think developing players in the NFL has really became a thing of the past, man, because mm. if a guy doesn't work out, it's so easy to call him a bus and then cut him and get rid of him. And then, like we just were talking about, another coach gets his hands on him and he redevelops this guy <laughs> and, turns him, and turns him into something. And we're all looking like, well, damn, I thought it was a bus. No, he was in the wrong system and no yeah. one could develop him. The easiest thing, and I always, Nate Newton is somebody that I love having these football conversations yeah. with because as an offensive line, he'll tell you, man, the easiest thing to do is a run block because... Most high schools have a sled, you know, you, a blocking sled. You know, five on, put five on, and you drive it down the field. That's the easiest thing to get a three hundred pound man to do is go forward, but pass blocking. That's where a lot of the uh, uh, troubles come in for offensive line and technique, and we saw those troubles with the clock and and Dak's head last season with a lot of the injuries that he was having up front. It just changed the dynamic of the offense. We couldn't play field position and ball control anymore because teams like Vic Vangio, who had the blueprint and started coming after us. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of air quotations for those listening right now. Because you know what, he's going to live rent-free in my head because of his whole you how how about them Broncos in the blueprint deal? It's, it's
3: too bad he's not the coach for these joint practices in the preseason mm. game coming up, man. Just saying. Him and Mike, that would have been fun.
2: We will, we will see Tyron Smith versus Randy Gregory again, though, in those practices.
1: Dude, oh, that's gonna dude, be love. Yes, yes, we will. Yeah, that's Shane. gonna be love. And, and we know will who dominated it? that that those yeah. matchups. But, <laughs> you know, this that's why Tyrence, having Tyron Smith back healthy, uh being able to develop the the left guard, and, and you're you're right. If if he can get this guy already with the what mm-hmm. he has, and you know he has that dog mentality, and just refine what he has already, I expect him to be a player for yep. us.
2: Just for those who may not know, the Cowboys do have two joint practices with the LA Chargers, August 17th and 18th before their preseason game against the Chargers and then they also have a joint practice in Denver against the Broncos on April 11th prior to their first preseason game against Denver so that came out this last week I don't think we've hit that as a storyline on this show Uh, Jake asks which young defensive tackle do you expect more from this year no injuries let's pretend they're healthy all season long Oso Adigizua or Neville Gallimore Isaiah who you got
4: Gallimore why because the lack thereof clogging up the middle um, in this defense last year, and the 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 necessity for that role, the reason you, why they went out and drafted somebody, so they drafted somebody to pretty much, hey, we just talked about competition, mm-hmm. saying so you didn't get it done the way in which you wanted to get it done, so here here boop, we're gonna put another another <laughs> another guy
2: in there to compete with you. He was traditionally a three technique mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. He yep. played a lot of three technique as a rookie. Do you expect him, because he is a little bit bigger than some of those other guys that are in that three technique rotation, to mm-hmm. maybe slide over and play the nose a little bit now that Brent Urban's not a part of it? And you also don't you have two young yeah. guys in Quentin Bohanna and John Ridgway. However, Neville's by far the more veteran of those two, and even yeah. he's still a young guy.
4: I don't think I honestly don't think that this team plans on having a true Knows. Okay. I think that they stunt mm-hmm. so much and they move around so much on the defensive line and they want those linebackers to be able to flow and get those those matchups on offensive linemen with half a body. Not having to take them on head on but getting them half a body. Well in order to do that you need your defensive line crossing the front of these offensive linemen and causing some confusion up there. So I don't think that this team intends to have a true one. So I think Gallimore should be confident in his role in terms of transitioning from what he did in college. Um, but those guys have to be able to move across the front of offensive linemen and get penetration. That's the difference. The penetration aspect is where this team has struggled over the past few seasons. They need to get somebody moving up the field and messing things up in the backfield.
1: And that's why I take Osa Osa Adigizura, because I think his quick twitch and his yeah. point of attack explosiveness mm-hmm. is different from yep. Neville Gallimore. Same beast, same animal, mm-hmm. just different, yep. you know. And I think Osa Digizur just brings that quickness to yeah. it uh, that you need when you talk about penetration. But I just want to take the whole word tradition as it relates to our defense and just bump, yeah. just ball it up and throw it away because there's nothing traditional about what we ask these guys to do uh, in and out of the scheme. Because I think of the position flex that. We like to enjoy with with our players, and so uh, Osa Digizu is, is that player that I believe second year coming up for him, and it's going. You should be excited uh, about what he did in his first year.
3: The coaches are very excited about Osa. I think they feel like you know he's going to be like a ten year guy in this league, just just super productive. He, they asked him to do a lot early in the season. Yeah. I mean, for a third round pick, and he I think he delivered there. I would go with Neville Gallimore just though because. Um, full season healthy like into training camp it looked like he was getting ready to take a yep. jump and then he gets hurt and that's a serious injury he was dealing yes. with too yeah. so I think full off season I, honestly I think the answer is both yeah. but also you know Carlos Watkins is a guy too that can help some of that rotation play a little nose play inside head
4: so yeah so but I, I love Delamore's energy man yeah, I love his energy. I think before think both prior- those guys have
3: great. Both, energy. They,
4: they both, I think they both had energy, but there was something about, for me particularly, there's something about Gallimore. He just like he loves the he loves the prime time. Yeah, like he loves the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like he like there's just so many so many guys that are like that, and I think he loves that man. And when I saw him go down in that I was like, God, yeah. he was bringing so much energy to that group and impact. He was getting up in there, you know. Yeah. So looking forward to seeing him
1: back out there healthy. Yeah. What about Tristan Hill? Do you think Tristan Hill makes this team?
3: You got two young tackles that you drafted. <laughs> yeah,
1: Isaiah taking for a time. sip of water. <laughs> That's about it.
3: Last year of his deal, right? Yeah, yep. I mean, this is this is it.
4: There's yeah. a lot of defensive linemen.
1: Oh, it's crowd. They it got crowd to quit. Yeah, it did.
4: There's it yeah, a it ton. Uh,
2: it's, it's who steps up. You talk about competition. It's there.
4: That's yeah. the most competitive defensive room.
3: line. It's there for the sure.
4: the most competitive room, hands down, is defensive line.
3: That's a good question. It, is it? Oh. Might yeah, might yeah. have to be not yeah.
4: receiver. In Terms of crowd, not lineman, not quarterback,
2: not running back. Yeah, it's D. line It's D line. Right? Yeah, I, I would agree hmm. too. All right, since we brought up position flexibility, this is this is kind of fun. Kellen Moore, who's a friend of the show on Twitter, position flexibility is important for more down roster
3: folks. Is it
2: Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Say, what? What's up, K Moore? Uh, not Kellen, unfortunately. <laughs> so outside of the mascot position. What would Rowdy play if he was called upon on game day? Kicker. Why? Those you,
1: boots? See those, you
4: see those boots?
2: Come on, man. It's <laughs> out of
1: necessity. We get him. out of necessity. Yeah, perfect way to take us to break, Kyle. <laughs> exactly. yeah. I, think, I think you could go
2: like down lineman, a little edge rusher stop action. Yeah, no, it. You kidding me? He's got those big old hands. You could chop
3: and block no. and go around. No. You want to see him in a three point stance? Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I'll go with kicker. Straight kicker <laughs> with, or punter, one of the two. Okay. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I don't no. think there's
2: that much flexibility for punter. <laughs> no,
3: That's true. I don't think he can get that leg. Up <laughs> I, there. Get him, yeah. I
2: give him kicker. <laughs> uh, somebody said field goal return, man, because he's always back there, anyways. he's yeah, true. Sitting under the, the field goal post. All right. Let's head the break. When we come back, we will wrap things up on another season edition of Talking Cowboys right after this
0: So AT&T is giving everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones.
2: AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply.
3: The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five
2: championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat,
4: the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit.
2: Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Esler on talking cowboys. <laughs> we, we have to start recording a break. We, it's, we have to start. We recording cannot break. do that. Nah, That's man. not gonna happen. No, nope. nope. You're not gonna do that. To <laughs> me? <laughs> yep, <I'm laughs> he said that, Derek. I did
1: not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. No Tyler <laughs> so Biotas in this building. I told you. Oh, final you, segment! You, I'm, I'm the Tyler Biadas of the group, baby. <laughs> final segment here, talking Cowboys. Snap it over his head if you Crispy,
2: want to. Chris Beam, Harrison, Isaiah, Standback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. <laughs> Somebody brought this question up, and it was on Get one of the of one of the websites. It might have been NFL.com throughout the week or something of the sort. It was just kind of a fun question. This is something we could only talk about, I think, in the off season for time consu- time consuming standpoints. However. Uh, by the way, this uh, segment brought to you by blockchain.com. Mm, in blockchain. If you could choose one player in the NFL, the entire NFL, mm. to build your team around. I was so confused on this question. Who would it be? One player in the entire NFL. I mean, no constraints. Or you can even think at of. At this, this point way. in their career? Yeah, at this point in, your, in their career. Does salary matter? No. Contract doesn't matter. Contract out the window. It's just a fantasy draft. Just straight up fantasy. Who's your first pick?
1: Do we really want to ask this question? Yeah. It sounds like a setup, don't it? It it sounds like a gotcha question. No, it's not a setup. It's just a a fun question. Go ahead, P.
2: Okay, if if you you would have said if you would have said Dak Prescott, (laughs) nobody would agree with you to a certain
3: extent. I love Dak Prescott (laughs) as much as anybody else, but he's not number one on that list right now. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. And and I think like there's some. And that's not a knock on Dak Prescott. Exactly, I'm a Dak Prescott guy. I think everybody knows that. Um, Like, I think there's some recency bias sometimes in sports in the NFL. Like, you know, he didn't make the Super Bowl. Now Tyreek Hill leaves, and it's kind of like, is he or are people catching up to him? I still think over the next ten years, like, he's going to be in competing to go to the Super Bowl every single year. And part of it is because they have an organization that does a good and a coach does a good job of surrounding him with talent. But like, he's. I think he's the best young player in the league. Like I and and it, to me it's it's hard to argue that. Although I think that, that Bill's Chief game, not only was it one of the best five games of this century that mm-hmm. we've watched, I think, Josh Allen kinda maybe this is recency bias, but I think he showed he's another guy that can can reach that level too. And by the way, I think Dak can reach a Super Bowl too. Sure. But if I'm having to pick one guy, I Mahomes. Based on what he's done so far, you know. Those are three names that I've, I've thrown around: Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then you could maybe think
2: defensive side of the football too. But the quarterback position is just so valuable at this point. I'm torn between two names. Okay, Justin Herbert, mm. Josh Allen, not Pat, not Pat. Why those two? I like Justin Herbert too, by the way.
4: I like their dog. They got. They got. They have that dog mentality. They work. They work hard. That's not to say that any of these other premier quarterbacks don't. There's just something in those guys that I feel like is just like just a fighter's mentality. And I think that they're both so early on in their careers that they have they've been successful to this point. And I think their organizations currently are building around them, um, especially Herbert. Jesus, they just helped him out defensively. Um, but I, I like I like both of those both of those quarterbacks.
1: Man, y'all are so disrespectful. Mm. I disrespect I mean
2: is this Tostitos
1: Championship Plaza again I'm always Tostitos Plaza come on guys you gonna say this in the star on this day yeah definitely with this question Mm
2: -hmm. that's that's a setup there's a second question on the back end too that we will ask which Cowboys should be at the top of that
1: list Mm -hmm. but no, I mean, come on now. You asked me an honest question. I'm going to give you an honest answer. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, come on, dog. I mean, you this is a guy that's had a, a, an amazing career. Only 2 years and I believe 17 going into 17 seasons where he's had double digit interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh there's nobody's played the quarterback position like this, man. He fits the ball into places that I've never seen. He made a throw at AT&T in a playoff game. i never seen anybody make a throw like that, man. I, he does things on the field that is – it's like it, it's. I don't know if we'll ever see a guy that has that kind of placement and touch on his ball the way that Aaron Rodgers does. He is that dude.
2: Yeah, the only thing knocking, I guess, his stock in this conversation would be the age, but he still hasn't necessarily shown a slow inkling of slowdown. I mean, he's a back-to-back MVP award <laughs> winner for a reason. Yep. So, I, I definitely could see that. I think I would choose one of the three quarterbacks that you guys kind of mentioned between Mahomes, Allen, and Herbert. I think I lean Mahomes just because of what he can do from a uh, a, a standpoint of freelancing and Mm -hmm. and kind of making plays on the run. Josh Allen can do something very similar, but I think Mahomes has a better arm for doing that while also moving. And as much as he's already done, he's like 25. Yeah, he's not that old, which is crazy. Experience, youth, and talent all put together. That's hard to find. Um, And and those three guys all have it, but I think Mahomes is just still a a half a step up on Allen, and then I think Allen's a full step up on Herbert. That's how I would rank it back and forth. But as I promised, which Dallas Cowboy would be highest on that list? Doesn't have to be the the. It doesn't have to be on the offensive side of the football. If it, if anything, we could split it, offense and defense, if we want. Um, which which quarter or excuse me, which player for the Cowboys would be highest on that list altogether? Me to go. Uh, we might as well let him go first. Well,
4: I mean, come on! I already know, know. I know where you're going Dak with Dak all day, oh, four I'm all day. I'm
1: surprised. Four all day, and if we're gonna go on the other side of the ball. It's gonna be who getting on the bus with Micah? Micah, baby. Right? I mean, that's just it. But I think, look, I even thought that last segment. I just feel I need a shower right now because I didn't say Dak and I said Aaron Rodgers uh, because of the numbers. I mean, you look at the other players that you're talking about. Herbert, he's only done it for what two years in the league and. Look, like had, had all the yards in the world, but still bounced out of the play. I mean, come on. I mean, you, the same thing that you knock Dak for, you don't knock these other guys for. And I just feel like that's the, the, people are contradicting themselves right there. But mm. I think that Dak, as far as the numbers, as far as the PFF, when you want to use it, to make your point, mm-hmm. uh, QBR, yards, touchdowns, uh, double digits, interceptions, I believe three years so far in, in his career. This this guy is on a trajectory that's going this way. And so, you know, I just feel like Dak is the obvious answer.
3: Hmm. I'm going Rain Dakota too. Okay. Most important position. And I think I as I said earlier, like I don't think he's far off from being where he needs to go. I really don't. some of a lot of it has to do with what's who's around him. Um I just I mean some of it's just being around him and some of it a lot of it's what you hear from people about him, like he's the type of guy, type of person, type of leader. You just, I don't see him not succeeding at the highest level at some point in his career. I, it, people, people don't buy it right now. There's a lot of people skeptical right now. Yeah, I just think he's only 28. there's time. There's time for him, and I think he's going to get to that level.
4: Hmm. I'm going with the bazooka. And I know that's weird because he's a def- defensive player, but I like his approach I like his mentality I like the fact that he doesn't rely on somebody else to go out there and have an impact on the game he he literally says it's on me and I like that about him as a player I like that about any player who has that mindset because it's easy to surround those individuals with people who just want to just feel that some of that energy and who just want to be a part of that. How many people did we see on the defense side of the ball this past year just want to be a part of that? I don't want just Mike out there making plays by him. So shoot, let me get in on this. Right? I ain't made plays since since birth, but guess what? I'm going to go out there and do it now because he's out there doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You want that and I think that that's somebody that you that you want to build around and obviously I think that they're they're starting to do so.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it was a complete overhaul of the defensive side of the football, it started with one guy that was number 11 on that side. Now, if Dak Prescott, prior to the injury, you, you mentioned trajectory, Heckma, the trajectory, the the confidence, the leadership abilities, all those things were there prior to the injury. You could argue that trajectory's kind of been a, a, a stagnant since then. Mm-hmm. Do you think prior to that he would be on this that that initial list of guys up in that conversation with the Allens and the Mahomes and stuff think, like that?
1: I think everybody is is putting two on the team. With, with Josh Allen, I think his decision making needs to be called into play as well. He didn't do all the great things, and it's mm-hmm. because he's way up in Buffalo that he doesn't get the scrutiny in the market right. because he point. doesn't do a good yeah. job well, with the ball. He has now thrown Dak on touchdowns and interceptions as well. I mean, Batman. look, Dak right now—if you take away the New York and his his Yep. foot turned the, the other one. way okay, and he's sitting there trying to figure out what is his career going to be like after that he came back and he balled. We were looking at pictures of him walking in in Casey's, and his freaking ankle was the size of a grapefruit but he went out there and balled and I take the one play and that's the one against New England, the walk-off touchdown, the C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. to me that was the foreshadow for Dak of the whole 2021 season because he that was his highest high and his lowest low because he got injured on the same freaking play mm-hmm. and it took the whole offense with them after that, right?
3: He was uh, firmly in the MVP conversation at that moment. Yes, Think he about was, that. At that moment.
1: Think about that one play mm-hmm. and what that meant. Because if you walk off from that situation healthy and you go to through the bye or uh, beat Minnesota and go into the bye, dog, you are cooking with house. You you got house money right now, right? And so everybody's looking at Dak and the way that he finished the season and would not give any credence to what we talked about with Philbin, the offensive line, the penalties, yeah. the kicking game, all of that, and putting it on deck and saying, oh, man, he's not in that Josh Allen. Well, you ain't watching Josh Allen then. you know. But nobody said Joe Burrow. And you know, I would think as far as the other guys, I mean, this is the guy you want, want to start talking about before you even get to a Herbert or a Josh Allen, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. 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 That's why I said recency bias with Josh Allen because I think the last image was like, oh, man, he took the Chiefs to the brink. He's maybe the Miami next guy. Bias. It, huh? and then Joe Burrow beat the Chiefs <laughs> I got you I got you yeah. who's your pick who you got Oh, I picked
2: Mahomes. Oh, for the Cowboys? Cowboys, Yeah, yeah, Dak. I would still pick Dak, quarterback. Second on that list would be Micah. Mm -hmm. So I'm right there with you guys in terms of the reasoning altogether. But I think Dak is still the guy here. If you had to pick one guy, one jersey that's going to be the biggest impact man on how this organization will either succeed or how it would fail, it is firmly on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. Right. That's exactly the point. So I think. I think he's in that conversation. He would be the guy I would want to build around because that's exactly who you have built around, and there's, that's where you got to get to. Some, some
3: of it too for me is I I, I, <laughs> I, I got to spend like forty-five minutes with him for something else we're doing last week while I wasn't on the show. Sure, and it's just hard to like just being around him, the type of guy he is, mm-hmm. the type of leader. He is, it's just it's hard not to think like it's infectious. There's man. something big that yeah. he's going to do at some point. I just that's just how I feel about it, but. Um, but it's hard not to put Micah there because mm-hmm. yeah. Micah just had a season that really we almost haven't seen in the NFL for a rookie defensive player. And it's like, how good can this guy be? So I don't know. You flip a coin, I guess. It's a lot of
2: pressure on Micah to perform yeah. at a higher level this year, too. Absolutely. I think he's got to take a next step that yeah, you would anticipate. He has more pressure on him, I think, than anybody on this team. That's a conversation we might have in a future episode because that's a Pretty interesting statement. But that's going to do it for us. We are out of time here on a Talking Cowboys Tuesday. Once again, OTA is going on all week long. We will break it down for you. We'll get a chance to watch some practices between now and next Tuesday. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about you, Cowboys? Yeah!